Thanks so much for joining us here on the Rivers Church Podcast. We see a church full of passionate people who reach the unchurched with the gospel of Jesus. Our heart is to equip people to love, live, and lead in God's kingdom. We hope you enjoyed today's message and pray that it encourages you to be all that God has destined you to be. If you need anything, please feel free to reach out to us and check us out on our website at riverschurch.co. That's riverschurch.co. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to, to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in everything good, in every good work, as it is, as it is written, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And, though, and through us, your generosity result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but also overflowing and many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confessions of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. This is the word of the Lord. Stay standing. Hey, let's pray. Join me in prayer, Lord. Thank you so much for your word. And thank you for how powerful and amazing it is. And Lord, I just know that you're going to be speaking to every single one of us here uh, through your word. And Lord, I just ask that you'd even use my words, Lord, that I speak, Lord, that let them come from you. Uh, anoint this time, Lord. Anoint uh, my, my mouth, my mind, my heart. Anoint all of our ears to hear what you would speak to us here today. And God, as we talk about freedom some more, Lord, I just pray and believe that all of us would walk in the freedom that you have for us in every area of our life. Jesus, we thank you that you are the God of freedom. And I thank you that you're releasing freedom and you're bringing freedom into people's lives even today. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can have a seat. So we're going to pick up where we were last week, and I uh, just wanted to say this. I love our Sunday morning prayer that we're doing. We gather here at 9.45 to 10.15 and pray, and if you want to join us, we would love to have you. Just really believe that God is wanting and stirring a new work, a new move that he wants to do here in our city, and we just want to be a part of it, and I just believe prayer is what positions us to receive and to see what God has in store for all of us. Just want to throw out that invitation. Join us Sunday morning uh, for prayer. So we're in this series called Financial Freedom. Anybody want financial freedom? Anybody say, I could use some of that, huh? Financial. So we're talking about financial freedom, and the, the premise is the same as last week. Freedom is only found when we live the way God wants us to live. That's how you and I walk in and experience freedom, when we really just trust him with our finances in every area uh, of our life. 
Do you believe that Jesus wants you to walk in freedom? Do you believe that Jesus wants you to have financial freedom? You know that Jesus wants you to enjoy life, right? Like he's not out to kill your joy. He's not some cosmic cop up in the sky, like watching you, waiting for you to mess up. And it's like, you, you did it again. You're like, that's not who he is. He wants you to be full of joy and life and abundance. And he wants you to walk in freedom in every area of your life, even finances. And so I just... Some of us really need to hear this, and I just believe that as you receive this today, again, that God's going to help you find freedom in this area of your life, because finances is an area a lot of people don't experience freedom. They experience stress and just bondage, and it's just, it's painful, and it's, it's difficult, and I think that this is going to help you, and I think this is good timing to talk about finances, especially in light of like where our economy is at right now, and a lot of us are feeling the hit of our economy and the inflation. Has that hit your monthly budget? Are you feeling the effects of that? Now, did you know just this last week, the most recent studies came out on inflation? Did you know that Phoenix has had the highest inflation of any city in the United States in the last 12 months? Like, we win the prize. We got the gold medal of the highest, infla most inflation in the last 12 months. We're number one. We're number one, right? Okay, maybe not something we want to get too excited about. You don't want to win at that, right? And it's hitting us hard, a lot of us, super hard. I got friends, you got friends, maybe some of you are experiencing this, where people are, have, are getting kicked out of places. They, got, they can't afford the rent, or they're getting kicked out. They have to move. People are getting side jobs, second jobs, so they can just afford to live right now. It's tough times, so the timing of this, I think, is great. Get this. Moody Analytics estimates that the average American household is spending about $460 more on necessities per month than they were a year ago. Almost $500 a month more for just necessities, not the frivolous things, just necessities. So this is great timing for us to discuss finances. And I think this is a very important topic for us. It's one that's very spiritual. Stewardship is a part of our discipleship. And as I, I remember stepping into my adult life and I began adulting and having, you know, I'm paying my own rent now and I'm having, I'm getting like a real paycheck, not like my high school paycheck that I talked about last week. Like I got a real paycheck and I got to, I got to take care of all this. And like, I remember like, whoa, this is a lot. And there's, there's quite a growth curve that takes place financially when you step into your adult life, right? And I realized very quickly that this is very spiritual. Like if I don't get a good grip on this, like it affects everything in my life. Like it just weighs me down and I'm just not excited. And I just, I'm not free to say, God, what do you want me to do in my life? Like it just, it's hard for me to really trust God and, and, and move forward in life when finances are weighing me down. It became very spiritual for me. So this is a very spiritual conversation for us as we talk about finances. And I really believe, guys, I, I, I've said this, I'll say it again. I really believe God wants you to have freedom in this area of your life. God loves you so much. He cares about you so much. Do you know that? And his greatest desire is really to have a close, intimate relationship with you. That's his greatest desire. God's not out to get your money. He just wants you, wants all... An aspect of our life that we just got to learn to trust God in. And so we talked about that last week. We 
We talked about how do we find financial freedom. There was two things we looked at last week. The first one was, I've got to determine my priorities. What are my priorities? And so am I willing to put God first in my finances? Am I willing to prioritize him in this area of my life? The second thing we talked about was decide to get out of debt. It's important for us to know that debt is not freedom. It's bondage. And some of you need to make this decision. Get out of debt. I want to help you with that. The third thing that we're going to dive into today is this. Discipline myself in small financial ways. So I'm going to get a little practical here for a few moments, and this is going to really help some people. But what are some small decisions, some small things you can do that are going to help you in your monthly budget, create some space, create some margin, be able to make it? Uh, that's going to help, especially in the long run. What are some of those things that, that you can do, some of those decisions? And Jesus said this. He says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. There aren't very many people that would say, you know, I don't want more money. Most of us would say, I could use some more. I wouldn't mind making more, having more in. You know, you know, most of us would say that, but am I faithful with what God has given me right now? That's the question. You want more? You want God to trust you with more? Be trustworthy with what he has given you right now. And so it's, sometimes it's just little decisions with the little that we have or little that we feel like we have. And just being faithful with that so God can say, okay, I can trust you. You're, you're growing. You're, you're, you're learning how to handle this in a God-honoring way. Now I can trust you with more. So let me give you some practical things you could do to help you discipline yourself in small ways. You ever made a meal plan? You ever decided, this is what I'm going to eat this week. I'm going to have this for dinner, then Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night. This is what I'm going to eat for lunch. Make a meal plan to, to, Decide, discover, what do I need to buy at the grocery store for those specific meals? Go to the grocery store and only buy that. It will save you money, I promise you. Instead of wandering in the grocery store and like, hey, this looks good. So, you know, hey, this looks good. I've been wanting to try this. Yeah, that's great. You know, And we know never go grocery shopping when we're hungry, right? We've learned that. Bad decision. <laughs> Say, so here's what's going to help you. Decide what you're going to buy before you go, and then when you go, only buy that. And if you feel like you need something else, don't buy it. Go home and then sit on that for 24 hours. If you feel like you really need it the next day, then go back to the store if you want to do that, okay? But this will save you money. It just takes a little planning, a little thought. So the little discipline, uh, shop around for insurance. Some of, you, some of us can save some money. Have you heard that, that phrase? 15 minutes. Good save. You know how it goes, right? Shop around. Compare prices for insurance. Just taking some time to do that can save you. We've done that before within our budget, and it saved us uh, sometimes like $100 a month. It's like, oh, wow. I'm glad I did that. Make a monthly budget. How's that going for you? Some of you, that like, I thought you were talking like small little disciplines, Tyrone. That, that feels, 
monumental, huge, like, come on now, don't go there. But make a monthly budget. Decide where you're going to put your money. Before it decides where it wants to go, you tell it where it's going. That's a monthly budget, okay? Maybe, and as you do that, you, you look at areas that you can cut back on. Maybe I don't need new clothes for the next couple of months. I can cut that out of my budget and I can save some money. Uh, you know, I don't need to eat out this much. I estimate 25 to $50 a week that I save by just packing a lunch. Pack a lunch and you will save tons of money. And then watch out for what I like to call the CIA. The CIA, conveniences, indulgences, and appearances. Oh, those things will get us. It's amazing how much money we spend because it's convenient. I don't have time to uh, make some food right now. I'm just going to go through the drive-thru. Not only are we eating horrible, but we're spending more money than we should because we failed to plan ahead. It's convenient. Like, I do this. Like, I don't have time to make coffee, so I'm going to go to Dutch Bros, and I'm going to get some, I'm gonna go, which, which maybe is a bad example, because if you don't have time to make coffee, but you decide to go to Dutch Bros, <laughs> that takes forever to go through Dutch Bros, typically, so that doesn't even make sense. Maybe that's a bad analogy, but you're spending more money by doing something that feels convenient. There's a reason those little bag of potato chips cost five bucks at the convenience store. They know they can mark up the price because it's convenient for us, okay? Watch out for conveniences. It, it hurts your budget. Watch out for indulgences. I just got to treat myself. I got to buy this. I'm going to indulge in this. You know that companies spend billions of dollars to try to convince you to buy what they have? Billions. To try to convince you and I, like, we need their product. And if I would just buy this, then my skin will look 50 years younger. <laughs> Next time you watch a commercial, today, as you're watching the Seahawks game today, and you see the commercials come on, look, or you're listening on the radio, and you hear an advertisement, listen for the lie, because every commercial is selling you a lie. And just have fun. It's a fun game to play. There is a lie embedded in every single commercial that you need this. You've got to have this. This is the best product. This is it, you know, okay? Be careful of these indulgences. You indulge yourself, and uh, you can end up spending way more money than you should. And then appearances. Appearances can get us. If it appears to be too good to be true, then it likely is too good to be true. Uh, it was on sale. But did I need to buy that? Okay, that's the that's that's a good husband and wife debate right there, huh? <laughs> I get that it was on sale, but was this in our budget? Because you still spent money. I know you saved money, but you still spent money. Okay, just trying to help the brothers out in the room here. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes it's, that's very generalization. Sometimes it's it's reverse, right? The, the guy's the spender, and the lady, and the mom, or the wife's like, eh, which one? <clears throat> Appearances uh, can get the get the best of us. I don't have to put any money down to get this. Oh heck yeah, that's great. <laughs> and in the long run, I pay way more than I should have, and did I really even need that? And watch out for the CIA. That's the whole point of that whole thing there, right? Okay, listen to this. Proverbs: Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. 
I love how the message says that. Listen to this. Careful planning puts you ahead in the long run. Hurry and scurry puts you further behind. Hmm. I just say, if you're at a place where this topic of money is frustrating and stressful and painful, if you are in a place where you even can't stand the idea that I'm talking about it, then the, then um, I'm trying to be funny in regards to money too, which kind of helps us talk about this topic, right? The best I possibly can. But uh, we got an opportunity for you that will help you. Because I recognize this can be very stressful and a very emotional part of our life. You know, they say money is the number one reason people end up in divorce. Um, I, I think it really comes down to a communication issue and working through things. It's a communication, it's a foundation, but money is the number one thing we, we, we can't really communicate about. And so this is a big deal. And we have a class called Financial Peace University starting next month. And some of you, you need to get into this because you've been living paycheck to paycheck to paycheck and maybe even barely making it and you're borrowing from here and sending here and all this. And uh, I believe God has not called you to live paycheck to paycheck. I believe God has called you to thrive, not just survive financially. He wants you to be free and not in bondage financially. And some of us need to make the decision. This is a part of this whole like uh, a small financial, like discipline yourself in small financial ways. Decide, sign up, write it on the connect card right now for Financial Peace University. It will help you get in shape and get free financially. Okay, so hear me as I say that. Amy and I right now, we are doing Financial Peace University. We started it three weeks ago because we found ourselves in a place where we just needed to, to get a better grip on our budget. Things have changed and we just need to get uh, healthy and uh, I'm preaching, okay? And we need to, uh, sorry. We just needed to get better, uh, more healthy and in and, and better shape and organize our finances. That's kind of where I'm. So we're doing financial peace right now. And I would encourage you, there's a limited amount of spots. And I'd, I'd encourage you to sign up on the Connect card. Write your name, email address, Financial Peace University. Get into that class. And like I said last week, let Ramsey kick you in the financial rear. We all need that sometimes. And so watch this video. This is just a cool video that promotes it and talks about some stories of how financial peace has helped people. The rich rules over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. Are you really going to make the hard choices to change your life? We had 40,000 in student loans, uh -huh. 17,000 in cars. I owned a rental property. We had a line of credit, just stuff. We had 16 credit cards. The proverb says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when desire comes. We paid off $83,000. Wow, when desire comes. $144,000. When desire comes. $450,000 in the last seven years. Wow, it is the tree of life. God says this is how you get out of debt. You gotta run, 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 There is no doubt that this process called Financial Peace University works. The only question is whether you're gonna be involved. And so if you haven't signed up yet, now is the time. You know, the only thing I would say about Financial Peace University is I wish Dave Ramsey was more excited about it. 
it would, make, it would help. I love the, the scripture that he referenced. Proverbs 13, 12, New Living says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Hey, some of you, God has placed dreams. I, I want to say some of you. God has placed dreams inside of all of you. You got dreams. And some of you won't be able to see those dreams realized because your finances are, hold you in bondage. You're strapped financially. And I want to see you be free so that you're free to dream and free to pursue all those dreams that God has placed inside of you. So discipline yourself in small financial ways. These little decisions that we make, man, they can make big results in the long run as the weeks, months, and the years go by. And you know what discipline is? It's really you and I just developing better rhythms, better habits in our life. That's really what discipline is. And God wants to help you with that. His grace is there for you to help develop better habits and rhythms, especially in this area of your life. And let me just encourage you, keep moving forward, keep taking those steps, and ask God's help, maybe seek other people's help, get into Financial Peace University, and don't give up growing in this area of your life. I love Galatians 6 says, let us not become weary in doing good. Don't become weary in doing the right thing and doing good for the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Keep moving forward. Don't give up, friends. And the fourth thing for you and I to find financial freedom is discover the joy of generosity. There is such joy in living the generous life. Never forget 10 years ago, I went on this mission trip, took a bunch of teenagers to inner city Portland, a dear friend of ours and Brittany's, uh, Brittany actually used to work for this ministry in downtown Portland called Bridgetown is what it was called then at the time. And so I took a bunch of teenagers there and Jude was seven years old at the time. And I thought, my son's old enough to go on these types of trips. I should bring my, I should bring my boy with me. And so I took a bunch of teenagers and Jude. We had this a great experience serving in the inner city, doing this missions trip in downtown Portland. We got to do all these I really have all these cool experiences. And one of the things we did was we made all these lunches. We piled them into several boxes. And we carried these boxes around for a couple hours in this park on the waterfront in downtown Portland. And we're just handing out these lunches that we had made to, to people. And after two hours of doing that and walking around in the sun, it was kind of an, a tiring experience but very fulfilling, very fun, just giving, giving, giving. And as we're walking back to uh, the headquarters of our missions trip, Jude looks up at me, and this is seven-year-old Jude. He looks up at me and he says, Dad, that's the most fun I've ever had in my whole life. <laughs> and I was taken back by that a lot. Whoa, tell me about that. And for him, that experience was so profound that something ignited inside of him. And he discovered the joy of generosity in that moment. I've seen it in his life since then in so many ways. It's sad how as we grow older, we can tend to become more self-focused and more selfish and less generous. And I believe God has called you and I to be generous people and to discover the joy of being generous. This is the place I think God wants us to live in, in generosity. Think about this. What if giving of my finances to God and even to other people 
became the greatest joy of my financial life. It's amazing how we can tend to look at giving to God as, okay, I have to. I have to. But what if it became a joy? Like this is, the, this is the most favorite thing I do with my money. God, thank you so much. You've given me everything. You're trusting me with all of this. Here's what belongs to you. I love doing this. And that passage that we read at the very beginning of this message in 2 Corinthians 9, I love verse 7. You must decide in your heart how much to give. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. God loves a, maybe your translation says, cheerful giver. God loves it when we find joy in just being generous and giving of of our money. So let me encourage you, don't, don't do it under obligation. If you're feeling like pressure to give, maybe you feel like you give just because you're obligated to, you do it out of a sense of duty. I'd encourage you, don't do, then just don't give. You don't have to. But maybe you can find the joy in that and find delight in that, not just duty in that, and discover what Jesus said is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And that you and I can move into this this, this is such a joy. I love to do this. I love giving. Psalm 37. We looked at this last week. We'll look at it again. The wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. And so we talked about the first part of that last week, and we want to make sure that we are, we're getting out of debt. We're, we're, we're being faithful. We're managing our money well. Okay, we're, we're paying back what we owe, but also we're moving into Generosity, the righteous give generously. This goes against our selfishness, our self-centeredness. You know, there was this interesting book that came out years ago, famous book called The Day America Told the Truth. And they polled and interviewed like thousands of people in America. And one of the popular things that came out of this was this question. What would you be willing to do for $10 million? And this is what... Our people in our country said for $10 million, 25% said I'd abandon my entire family for $10 million. 23% said I'd become a prostitute for a week or more. $10 million. 16% I'd give up my American citizenship. 16% would leave their spouse. 10% withhold testimony and let a murderer go free. 7% would kill a stranger. 3% would put children up for adoption. For $10 million. This was people just being brutally honest. What does this tell us, guys? This tells selfishness is alive and well in our country. And apparently people can be bought out. Heard a story of this big uh, executive dinner party going on and this guy was sitting next to this lady that he found very attractive at his table. And so he leaned over and he whispered, he said, hey, for $1 million, would you go to bed with me? And she blushed and she's like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. And then he leaned over and he says, hey, for $10, would you go to bed with me? 
And she got offended and upset. Like, what kind of lady do you think I am? And he whispered again, my dear, we've already established that. Now we're negotiating the price. See, it's amazing how we can throw out our values and even our character for a price. And this whole area of how we handle our finances, guys, is, is, it is a character thing. It is a, it is a spiritual thing for us. And it's amazing how selfish we can be when it comes to our money. Think about this question. Why did God create giving? Why did he put this into existence? Is it because he wants your money? Because he needs your money? Now, I think he created this because it's actually for us. He knows what's going to help us. He actually knows what will set us free. It's through giving. It's, it's to find joy in the blessing in being a giver. He created giving for us. And the best way to battle selfishness is to put God first in our giving. Giving drives selfishness out of our lives. It kills it. I think giving more than any activity, uh, it works selfishness and greed right out of our life. So that's what it does is it breaks that self-centeredness and that selfishness, and it shows God, I trust you in this area of my life. Within your row, somewhere there is a Kingdom Builders packet. And this Kingdom Builders initiative is something we launched at the beginning of this year because we really desire to be a generous church. That's the whole heart behind this initiative. I pray that you and I would be extremely generous. And so in that packet, there's this ladder page. If you want to look at the ladder page, there's this ladder, and it really speaks to how we look at, how we view giving here at Rivers Church. And so you can see at the bottom there, there's the initial giver. Uh, that's taking the first step and giving for the first time. This is where all of us have been, or maybe you, you will. Maybe it's never happened for you, but that's the first step we all have to take. It's that initial, okay, I'm going to give to God. Everyone has to start somewhere, right? Okay, then you move to that next step, that next level. It's the occasional giver has a heart for God and gives when they remember or sees a need or feels like they have enough money. They occasionally give in those moments. Then there's the consistent giver. They value giving and they desire to trust God in this area of their life. So they start giving more consistently. But then this is the level I want to encourage all of us to get to. It's level number four. It's that what we call the obedient giver. They honor God and fully trust him by giving their tithe, recognizing that everything belongs to him. And so we call that the obedient level because when you, tr when you really study all of Scripture, and feel free to study Scripture in regards to finances, how to give, and all that kind of stuff, when you look at it holistically, you'll see this principle all throughout Scripture. And that, that tithe, that 10%, really is the beginning. It's the obedient level. So I'd encourage you, wherever you're at, just grow. I love what the Bible says, grow in the grace of giving. Okay, so grow in that grace of giving. God's grace is there for you to help, help you grow in that wherever you're at. Just grow in that. But just know that that level of obedience is, is where we want to be. Uh, everything underneath that is disobedience to God in this area of our life. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to walk in disobedience in any area of my life. 
to the Lord. I want to walk in this obedience and trusting him and loving him in, in every area. So I want to encourage you to get there. And in that, I'll throw this out. If we can jump to this slide, it's, it's the 90-day tithe challenge. Some of us have never done the tithe. We've never practiced this in our life. And so I'll just throw in this, this challenge out in this series for the next 90 days. Would you, like God's word says, test him in this? Feel free. This is the only thing that God says to test him in. Test me in this tithe thing. And for the next 90 days, tithe. And if you want to do this, I'd love to know so I can encourage you. I just like to know, you know who's doing it, who I can pray for, and I encourage you. I'm not going to track this. I'm not going to hold you even accountable to this. This is between you and God. But I would love for you to write on the Connect card, your name, your email address, 90-day tithe. Yeah, as you can tell, we like to use the Connect card for everything. Yeah. So you can write Financial Peace University on there, a 90-day tithe challenge if you want to do that. Let me know because I'll just email you some, some encouragement and Every time I throw out this 90-day tithe challenge, there's always a group of people that do this, and it's just fun for me just to encourage them along this journey. And I also would love to hear from you, what is God doing in your life as you're now trusting him in this area? So if you're feeling a stirring to do that, let me know. Write that on the Connect card. Okay, so let's move to back to the ladder. And number five, this is where I really want us to go. We get to that obedient level. But then when you really study the New Testament and how they gave, they gave way more than 10%. They were extravagant. They were generous. And so we call this the generous level, a generous giver. And this is what we would call a kingdom builder. Now you're a kingdom builder who gives above and beyond their tithe for the fulfillment and advancement of God's kingdom. And I pray that you and I would all live in that place of generosity. I love that scripture in Proverbs 11. It's actually on the back of that kingdom builder's packet there if you want to look at it there. But the message says this. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. And really that's because the world we're creating is all about us. But the generous, larger and larger Hey, as you grow in generosity, I look forward to seeing your world, your influence get larger and larger, your dreams larger and larger, your capacity to to give, to be used by God is going to grow larger and larger through your generosity. I look forward to seeing that in your life. And so we have the Kingdom Builders brochure out right now because next week we want to do our Kingdom Builders project offering. And I'd love for you to pray about giving to... Uh, Church Rescue. So Church Rescue is a program that people are giving mon- money to. There's, there's businesses. There's lots of people giving money into this. And a guy from Church Rescue will go into a church that's on the verge of closing. And will say, we've got money, and we're going to coach you, and we're going to make sure you don't close your doors. Did you know that churches by the hundreds are closing their doors every month? Pastors, like... It said that over a thousand pastors are leaving the ministry every month. Like the the church is in a state of crisis. Can we say that? Like the church, we need a move of God in in, in our country. And part of how that's going to happen is 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 the generosity of God's people, saying, "I want to see the church advance. I want to see the church move forward." And COVID hit a lot of churches hard. And if we can be honest, guys, it hit our church super hard. But by the grace of God, we are moving forward. God is doing a new work. 
We have relaunched. Uh, God is doing something new, and he's stirring something pretty powerful. Those of you that are part of Rivers Church now, God's on the move, and he's doing something new here, which is fun to be a part of. I love it, and I look forward to seeing where God's taking us. It's, it's awesome, guys. But that's not the case for a lot of churches. A lot of churches didn't make it, and some are just hanging by a thread. So next week, we're going to receive an offering. I just love for us to be a church that helps other churches and gives to an initiative like Project Rescue. We got a guy who's one of my coaches, Pastor Chris, is going to be here next week. And he is the head coach for this this church rescue thing. He's going to come in. He's going to talk about it. He's going to share about it. Hear some stories. And so you hear from him. And I would love for you just to pray about how much God would want you to give to this. And let's just commit to the Lord. Like we're going to be generous. We're going to give to other churches. We're going to help other churches make it. And I think that's a fun thing to partner with guys. I know God wants to see his church move in advance in our country, and he's going to use you and I to help that take place. So that's next week. Be praying about that this week. And that passage that we read in the beginning, the second Corinthians passage, let's look at the last few verses of that. Chapter nine, verse 10. This is what it says about you and I as we're generous, as we live out this generosity thing. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for the food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way. You want to be rich in every way? That's what God wants for you. He wants you to be rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the generosity or sorry, of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. I just love those words because it speaks to you and I being generous. You know, when we give and we're, we're generous, we're acting like God because God's generous. Have you ever heard that scripture, John three sixteen? Have you heard that one before? Most famous sentence in the entire Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. It's a great scripture to memorize and know. It's probably most famous because it's a summary of the Bible in one sentence, really, in a sense. God loved you and I so much that he made a way for you and I to have a relationship with him. He provided the way. God loved you so much. And what did he do? He gave. He gave, and he didn't just give us anything. He gave us his best, his one and only son. You see, the reason that it feels so good to give and to be generous is because we are living out the character and the nature of God. We want to be generous because he's generous. We want to give, not to get, but we give to give. And we give because he's freely given us everything. Like, has God given you grace? Like, how much grace has God given you in your life? Why don't you and I just give in response to that grace that he has 
given us. So the last thing I want to mention is this another practical way you and I together can be generous. One of our core values here at River Church is we love our city. And we just want to be a church that's not just in our city, but for our city and serve our city and be generous to our city. And so I'd love for you to put on your calendar Saturday, November 12th. It's the fall festival in Palomino Park. And we're going to partner together with some other groups, organizations, uh, even another church, just like we did for the Easter egg hunt. Many of us were part of the Easter egg hunt that, that we did at Palomino Park last April. And like hundreds, I don't know, it was like a thousand people there that came. We just were serving and we're just really giving and being generous to our community. And we're going to do it again together this fall. Saturday, November 12th is the fall festival. And I'd love for you to put that on your calendar because I just would love for a bunch of us to show up and just serve. Just be generous. Just give up a Saturday morning. And I don't know when it ends, like one o'clock. And just serve and love and be generous to our city and show them, hey, we, we care. We're not all about us. We're about the whole community and the whole city. You know, here's a dream that I have. I would love for an atheist, someone who doesn't believe in God, doesn't even want to believe in God, could care less about what you and I believe and what we do with our life. I'd love for an atheist to be sitting at the stoplight and turn over and look at our church and say, you know, I don't really believe what they believe but I sure love what they do for our community. That's a dream that I have. Wouldn't that be amazing? Now, don't get me wrong. I would love for that person to find faith and hope in Jesus. But even if they never do, but they look at our church and say, those are some good people that are making a difference in our city. I like that about them. Come on, that's a huge thing because that's, that's a reputation that we're gathering in our city because we're generous and we're caring for people around us. It's not just about us. I would love for that to happen. So, freedom is only found when we live the way God wants us to live. I want you to be free in your finances. So here's a couple practical steps for you guys. Register for Financial Peace University. And I just, I can't encourage you enough to, to be a part of that. It will help you. It's gonna cost some money. You gotta invest in it, but it will we will pay off in the long run for sure. Take the 90-day tithe challenge and the practical step for some of you. Uh, put God first in my finances. Some of you need to really pray and wrestle with this. Okay, God, here we go. I've been first in my finances, but I'm gonna start putting you first. And then pray about how much to give next week for that church rescue offering. I'd love just to pray about that this week. God, what do you want me to do? How, how much do you want me to give in that? Would you stand to your feet? Thanks again for listening to this message at Rivers Church. We'd love to have you subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. To learn more about what's going on in the life of our church community, check us out at riverschurch.co. I pray that this week you would walk in the power and the presence of God. Thanks for joining us.